0: Hello, and welcome to Piecing the Parsha Together, Parsha's Vayigash. Last year, we focused on the idea of Vayigash as sort of the conclusion of um, you know, the Gullus story of, of Yosef, but it can also sort of set up the future for Bnei Srela Rhyme. As at the end of the parsha, Ben Israel is in fact in Mitzrayim. And last year I think we discussed Yaakov, and uh, it was a piece in the Michtameliahu Eliyahu in Parshas Yigash. And after discussing Yaakov, the Michtameliahu discusses Yosef. So he describes here a number of steps that. Yosef takes, in particular now that he is in his position as the viceroy in Egypt. And the first thing he says is that if Yosef is the viceroy in Egypt, Yosef is able to support Mitzrayim through the famine, that there is a hope that they will remember that and treat their Jewish guests, their Jewish citizenry, nicely. Additionally, Rev Dessler <clears throat> discusses Yosef's actions as the ruler, and he talks about um, two different um, steps taken in dealing with the Egyptians during the famine. The first one is the idea that they end up giving much of their wealth to Paro, and Yosef establishes that he'll have some of the land, and the people will work it off as a tax, but it says that he didn't touch the priest's land. And the idea for that is that Shavit Levi will never be enslaved, because the custom in Mitzrayim is that you leave the clergy out of the rules that affect the people. People pay taxes, people could be slaves, but not the clergy, therefore, Levi is not enslaved during Gaulish Mitzrayim. Furthermore, he uh, mentions, or Vanessa mentions that Yosef, you see, in the end of the Parsha, Yosef moves the Egyptians from place to place. And the idea of him doing that is to show that none of the people will feel rooted if they are moved from city to city, and therefore, how could they look negatively towards their Jewish? Um, guests who've just moved here because they themselves also don't have roots. And finally, this would have happened earlier, is the discussion of having the Egyptians circumcise themselves. Everybody had to get a Bruce Mila. And <clears throat> Dessler in particular is like, why, why does he care? Why would he do that? And it's true that Rashi says in Parshas, indicates that the Mitzurim's grain had all rotted. And Paro says, well, if that's the case, you have to do whatever Yosef tells you. And it's possible Yosef was trying to control the desires of the Egyptians. The land is described as as one that is is full of, of immorality and licentiousness. Yosef is trying to, through circumcision, trying to put a check on on the people's desires through circumcision. But it plays an additional benefit, and the additional benefit is that Israel will be allowed to carry out circumcision in Mitzrayim, and at least at least the Levim, um, fill this throughout their time in. Um, Mishraim. So, Rev. then concludes uh, trying to explain why there are so many different steps taken, but his count that's at least four, why are there so many steps taken to prepare for this gullus? He says it's going to be different. We have unfortunately, other examples of Gullus in throughout Jewish history, and you don't see the amount of planning that went into uh, this. And he says that Mitzrayim is a little different, and Mitzrayim sort of represents um, a greater level of impurity than the other galluses. And the term he says is that uh, Mitzrayim is described as the chariot for impurity. And he further says they're very arrogant people. they witch, their witchcraft, sorcery, and intelligence. And the gulse is obviously very, very intense. So... And we know there's another Chazal that says that Bnei Israel had sunk to the 49th level of impurity in Mitzrayim, and if they had stayed any longer, they may never have been able to get out. So, Yaakov mentioned last year, Yosef mentioned this year, uh, took steps to prepare Bnei Israel for the long ghost is Mitzrayim. And of Dessler concludes this piece by saying that the generation we find ourselves now is the ikviz of the Mashiach, the beginning of the Messianic time period. And he says that that's a generation that's, you know, full of chutzpah and brazenness. And there's all kinds of, you know, different influences mixed in, similar to the Netanyahu. And Says, our point is we may be, you know, still benefiting, still being under the influence of that. And what do we do to make sure that we prepare ourselves to be able to withstand all of the different influences and the outside factors that can have an impact on our own behaviors? And it's appropriate. If the partios at the end of Safer seem to be focused on Gauls and lessons to take away from Gullus, so you can see what Yaakov and Yosef do in order to try to prepare B'nai Israel to survive the lengthy Gullus that is Mitzrayim. But obviously the implication for us is to um, be aware of our own surroundings and see uh, where we might be influenced and see ways for us to strengthen ourselves so that we can you know, remain um, more uniquely Jewish which is our ultimate goal, and that we will then be able to uh, make it through uh, this course. Wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you for listening. See you next time.